if we can back off from always having to know the right thing for our future tripping (laughs) and just hang in the present moment, a lot of times we get more clear with ourselves and what we need and that allows us to unlock the overwhelm. Welcome back. Come on into the Clarity Cafe, our safe space to get some clarity on life. We are having so much fun online. All of your journal prompt responses and sharing of our illustrations have been really inspiring. And if you haven't had a chance to join us online, there's lots of free stuff for you waiting. So pop on over to Facebook or Instagram. You can find us at Clarity Cafe Podcast. As a thank you to our social media community, we've been digging in and working hard to help our listeners take their mindset to the next level. So what did we do? We made some online courses offered through our partnership with A Little Bit of Chill Podcast. So right now, if you go to our website, claritycafepodcast.com, you have access to mindset hacking lessons for free. (laughs) So go over there. Check it out. Check our site out. we got lots of fun stuff there. And sign up to get the first four modules of the Mindset Hacking course delivered to you for free. Last episode, we talked about acceptance and neutrality. By engaging in self-love, we are able to allow ourselves to see things around us with more neutrality, which means we see them not as we want them to be, but more grounded in reality, and we see things for what they actually are. So today we're going to build on that topic by learning how to shift our mindset to overcome overwhelm and the paralysis that overwhelm can bring to situations. Today we'll be building on that topic by learning how to shift our mindset to overcome overwhelm and the paralysis that it can bring to situations. We're going to talk about taking the anxiety off the table so you can see all that is there for you, all the things that need to be actually acted upon, the things we can let develop or go by. And really taking that paralysis that comes with fear off the table so we can take the action that needs to be taken. So Barb, you want to kick us off a little bit? Yeah, such a good topic. Emotional overwhelm. And what is it and what is it like when we're going through it? That feeling of there's just too many things happening right now and need a little break, but I can't. And so part of this is going to be about recognizing that and also being able to step back and give yourself the time to overcome it. It might not take as long as you think. Some of us more empathetic and sensitive people can be more sensitive and more subject to emotional overwhelm because we're sensing all sides of a situation where people are coming from and we're trying to make it work for everyone. That whole, as I grew up in the South, that I've just been programmed all my life to want everybody to be happy. It's also like a really nice feeling when everybody's happy, but that also can be a little bit challenging because we can't really control how other people are going to act and how they're going to feel. What we can control is how we act and how we react to situations. So sometimes this is just a question of how much pressure we're putting on ourselves. If we start to step back and realize that everyone at the dinner party or everyone in the meeting is bringing their, might be bringing their own baggage. And we've learned how to leave some of our baggage at the door and we can come in and let them have their space. And then 
let us be in our space and not feel that we're picking up all of the expectations that other people are putting on us that may or may not be appropriate. So Callie, do you want to talk a little bit more about how expectations could play a role into in how we experience that feeling of emotional overwhelm? Yeah. So emotional overwhelm for me, when I think about myself and others that I've worked with, it's when we have a whole massive conversation in our heads that may not actually be ever shared externally. So we're going to have a party or dinner party or a meeting at work and we're trying, we're the organizers and we're trying to anticipate our thoughts or expectations around what people want and need and what they should be doing and therefore what we should be doing. So then it's like this constant conversation that tends to get pretty wound up and can create anxiety because, first of all, it's an entire list of things that is completely in our head. And even though we may be intuitive and some of that may be accurate, some of it may not. Some of it may be the lens we're looking through. You know, in the past, we've been around certain people, they've had certain expectations, and therefore we just apply that to every situation going forward. So it's important to first just take a step back and recognize that with emotional overwhelm, in this example, it's often that we're trying to meet unmet needs and unspoken needs that may or may not even be grounded in reality. So that's the first thing, like, oh, I'm having an entire conversation with myself. (laughs) Maybe I should just take a step back and just see if I can clean this up a little bit and get regrounded into a neutral view, which would be this is the meeting or this is the party and this is what's happening and this is what we'd like to have the outcome and what are the things we want to do to make sure to have a successful outcome. That's sort of the first thing. But then there's other types of emotional overwhelm, like too many life events that happen, things that can be, you know, a little bit deeper than just a meeting or a party. You might have your kids having different needs and emotional stuff going on. You're trying to meet those needs. If you've got a partner or or not, there can be a, a bunch of noise surrounding that that we're trying to deal with. We may have parents or family or friends and the shoulds. We've talked about all the shoulds we think we should be doing that may not necessarily be bringing us the outcomes we want, or even be really healthy for us. And again, I think really recognizing that this is something that happens inside of us, in our minds, it's a conversation with ourselves, can help us get a little bit of distance from it. So internally, it can create a bunch of expectations on ourselves. And then externally, we can find ourselves expecting that people around us, work people, family, friends, whatever, will act or do or make decisions like we do. Like somehow if they're close to us, we expect that they will have our back and they should like express themselves or do things like we do. And that's not necessarily grounded in reality too. Like the people around me can love me very much, but they may approach life or relationships within our home or our work environments. They may approach those very differently. And so I get, I get the opportunity to recognize that my experience and expectations of, well, I love this person, so therefore I'm going to do X, Y, and Z may not be how they think about us. They may not say, oh, well, I love Callie, so therefore I'm going to do A, B, and C. They're not necessarily the same. So recognizing that there's two sides to this street, and by the way, they may have their own overwhelm going on in their space. So getting a little distance and a little space from it can allow us to loosen up, 
the anxiety, loosen up the paralysis of trying to make decisions and begin to really start to see and prioritize what's most important and needs to be acted on and what might just need to sit there for a while and have more information come or the story develop in a way that we can then decide or take action on. And that applies to physical overwhelm as well, right? So emotional overwhelm, physical overwhelm is like too much to do, too many expectations of ourselves, too many expectations of others. And it just can create this big, big cycle. So first is just recognition. Yeah, I love that, Callie. And I there was one point you made that I want to call out, which is that that feeling of overwhelm, because we express it unconsciously, and so do other people, you know, we think we're feeling a little stressed, we're feeling a little bit emotionally overwhelmed, it comes across in our voice and potentially in our body language. And we can catch it from other people. And maybe we go into a situation feeling pretty calm, but then someone else is feeling overwhelmed or vice versa. It's good to be aware of the fact that this can become a cycle of back and forth uh, because we're, especially if you're sensitive to people's tone and nuance, if you are coming from a place of overwhelm, it can come across as not neutrality, kind of that place where we want to be, where we're thinking clearly. So, so just recognizing that in group dynamics, those things can get amplified, any kind of emotional situation, but particularly that overwhelm can get kind of amplified. And, you know, I think at this point, it's good to talk about why it's important for us to begin to unwind this. One thing I've noticed in in myself and in other people is that when we feel a little overwhelmed, self-care, it can often be one of the first things that we forget about or that we don't do. Think about a situation where you normally have a a 20-minute meditation or yoga practice in the morning. But if you're feeling overwhelmed, like you have too many things to do, it can be easy to say, well, I'm just going to skip that today because that'll give me that much extra time. And that's one of the examples of sort of a self-sabotaged situation where everything's going to feel more overwhelmed if you don't do your self-care. And so really starting to recognize what are the things that impact that? Because it can, you know, if you actually take that time to ground yourself and to do some breathing and maybe get a little sunshine, you know, take care of yourself a little bit with some practice, you'll find that the overwhelm will be much lower volume as you go into those things. So this sort of gives us a chance um, to start to keep, reinforce the fact that we do need to care for ourselves with food, with movement, with sleep, and that it's really important, no matter how busy we are, to remember that part of being productive is being happy. Have you ever noticed how much better the outcome of a project is, whether it's a painting or cooking a meal for yourself or for other people or a a big financial model that you're doing for work, all of those things become better if we're feeling happy while we do them because we know we're just more relaxed, our brain's working better, we're in a more neutral position where we can observe things more clearly. So one good thing is just to check in every once in a while during your day and say, am I feeling happy right now? And if I'm not, what's that about? Maybe I'm feeling like I've got too much pressure What's that about? Where is that coming from? It's usually coming from inside ourselves. And if we just take a minute for a little reflection on that, we can resolve that and come back into a place of neutrality. And sometimes, you know, you're not going to be able to get it just from taking a minute, but it might be taking a minute to say, I recognize this is a part of my life that I need to make some changes in. 
maybe what I'm doing is not the thing I want to be doing. And I think that's questions that we all need to be asking whenever we find ourselves in situations, repeated situations particularly. Oh, is this a pattern that, that's maybe not the best thing for me in my life right now? And how might I look about changing that? But the way to have a clear thought about that, of course, is to be in a position of neutrality. So we always want to come back to that awareness, that observation, and the neutrality with always remembering how much we love ourselves and other people and coming back to that self-care and self-love. I like that concept of time that you introduced as well, because like you said, it may not necessarily be a moment, but it might be like, oh, this is a massive change. Okay. So it might not just be like, oh, I need to change my morning routine because I don't have enough time to eat and I'm stressed out and I'm not taking care of myself. That's one set of one level of changes. And then, you know, another is massive life transitions. Those may take months, years. And having the freedom to say, wow, I'm not happy in this relationship, this job, this home, this whatever. And it may take time to transition out of it, but continuing to give that self-love and self-care and continue to go for that North Star of happy and healthy can be really helpful to guide so we don't feel like we're too lost when we're in those bigger life changes. Because when we take time for ourselves, we do get more neutrality. And I think I've probably said the word neutrality 10 times in this episode, but I'm like neutrality, neutrality, neutrality. What does that mean? So when I say neutrality, I don't mean apathy, right? Apathy is I don't care. I have no emotion about it. Like I just absolutely don't care. Neutrality is seeing things as they really are. And there's lots of studies out there and lots of methodologies for neutrality. And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now, but just taking a step back, reflecting on things, and then really being able to see what needs to be done. Because it's not always what we think needs to be done. And being able to do that without sacrificing self-care in the process. So with anything, you know, you can start by just taking a quick inventory and see where you're at. Look at the things around you and see how, you know, you can do a top three of the things that might be stressing you out or the things that kind of have you paralyzed. Or sometimes paralysis can also come in the form of decision-making fatigue. Like, I want, maybe I want a new job. Well, if I want that new job, then I need to go get this education. And then I'm going to, if I'm going to get this education, then I'm going to figure out what I do with the kids. And then I'm going to have to, if I have to figure out some extra support around that, that's going to cost more money. But then my current job doesn't allow me and afford to do school and extra childcare. So there can be like these 15 different decisions or chess moves to be able to get to your ultimate goal. And when your brain feels like you need to do them all at once, then it can just get frozen. And so year after year goes by without making that choice for, in this example, higher education. An example would be to just allow yourself to step back and be like, do I need to sort childcare right now? Yes or no? Well, no, because you haven't even been accepted to a program. (laughs) So what do I need to do? Well, I need to apply. Okay, well, that's an action that one can take that doesn't mean that you need to take all those other decisions. They will need to be made, but they don't need to be made in this moment. So maybe you apply. After you get accepted to a school, you may find out that actually they have childcare support. Oh, well, cool. I allowed myself to unlock the paralysis and take a step in the direction that I wanted to go. And as I did, the universe opened more opportunities for me 
while walking that path. So sometimes from starting at the beginning of the path, we can't see all of our answers that are going to arise for us to get to the end of the path. So by just taking care of ourselves, but also just taking that first step, making that first decision, it can allow things to shift so that we have more answers and more solutions and more support. So that's something that um, can be applied in a lot of ways. And sometimes there's not a first right step. And the first right step can be self-care. Life, right? Nobody gets out alive. So I've lost people very close to me, some young, some older, everybody in between that. Sometimes just a first step of how do I go on without this person or how do I take that next right step? I may not have the answer, but the answer today is taking a walk in the sun. That's just the answer for today. And that may be the answer tomorrow. I don't know. I'm not going to make that decision till tomorrow. Tomorrow, it might be calling and connecting with the friend and taking a walk in the sun or doing nothing. But I won't know what tomorrow's next right step is until tomorrow comes. So if we can back off from always having to know the right thing for our future tripping (laughs) and just hang in the present moment, a lot of times we get more clear with ourselves and what we need, and that allows us to unlock the overwhelm. Callie, I, I loved what you said about breaking things down into smaller pieces uh, and recognizing that into an actionable thing that you can do at that moment. It kind of makes a mountain look like a smaller series of hills, right? We As we start, they start to be feeling more manageable. Just Just being able to take those steps and break things down into something actionable you know, what looks like a great big mountain that you have to climb to get all the way to having that degree so that you can get that new job becomes much more like, I'm just going to take a walk and go up that hill. That's a hill I can walk up. And every time you do that, you build that muscle, you become stronger. And then also the other thing that was occurring to me as you were speaking about it in a sort of lighthearted way, even when you're speaking about things like grief and, and life events such as death, is that for me, I found it very helpful sometimes if I'm feeling overwhelmed, if someone just says something funny, and I actually have the power to do that too. If you could just say something funny like, whoa, who's making such a, a big drama out of this over here, girlfriend? Maybe you should just check yourself and see if you could get neutral to this. A lot of times diffusing an, an emotional overwhelm can be as simple as allowing yourself to see the humor in a situation. And even to see the humor in how you're acting and recognize that we're all human and that seeing humor can help lighten the load and let you let go of the parts of that overwhelm that you don't need to deal with right this minute. And obviously, I just want to caveat this in case someone's listening to this and driving and like, oh, I get it. Make fun at my friend's demise. (laughs) It's not what we're saying. (laughs) What we are saying is open and be receptive to a little bit of humor. Obviously, if someone else is going through something, they may or may not be ready to have humor. And we'll leave it up to you to kind of navigate what the right thing there is. Sometimes bringing a little humor, a little lightness can really help shift things for ourselves and for others. So with that, I'm going to ask, what has you overwhelmed these days? And what are you ready to take off your plate? Because we want to hear about it on Facebook and Instagram at Clarity Cafe Podcast. So that's it, fam. It's a wrap for season one. We really hope you've enjoyed this journey that we've embarked on. 
And we look forward to having you continue with us on this ride in season two. And in season two, I'll give you a little sneak preview. We're going to be focusing on community, communication, mindset shifting, and self-healing. So thank you for joining us today in the Clarity Cafe. And as always, take what helpful information works for you. Leave what doesn't and share what's helping you with the people you love. Until next time, enjoy the freedom that comes when setting down the expectations that create overwhelm and be well. Thank you.